not a very good morning to you. Welcome, Hills. Go, Petty. You're in one piece. Oh, I nearly didn't it's come in this relief. morning. <laughs> nearly didn't come in this morning. They've asked me to sort of trial it. Trial on the then the DGA car, DJJR car. She's uh, loud. Well, it's funny about that about right motor racing. It is. It tends to be loud. <laughs> oh my goodness, they're like weapons, aren't they? Like uh, when I got out of the car park, that's that's probably when I was the most anxious. Mm. Uh, for those who didn't know, we we went to a drive day at uh, Queensland Raceway yesterday and um, signed up for. To be one of 190 customers that had a two-lap drive, I was a bit. That's my first disappointment. I thought a hot lap would be one, but they <laughs> told me that's two. Oh God! <laughs> anyway, uh, so got out of the car, walking there, and you could hear them going around the track. Oh, and down the straight, and you're thinking, oh, that's not legal, surely. <laughs> On a racetrack, it is. <laughs> <laughs> But then, then the next thing you see is the ambulance. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't see that, actually. So, anyway, we found our way to the DJR uh, tent and garages, and, uh, gee, they did it well. It's a, just a sensational initiative to, you know, give something to their sponsors and supporters yeah. um, for, of supercars. And they're all there. All the teams were there and sending people around. It yeah. was very good, and it was, it was fun. Uh, I, as soon as I got in my chair into my passenger seat, I felt good. I felt okay. Uh, it, oh, this is uh, – they could throw anything at me here. I could, I reckon I could even tolerate a roll if we go off. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. Yeah, they sort of plan not to do that if they can. No, that's right. <laughs> uh, we missed out on Will. I missed out on Will Davison. He was to take me. Mm. And uh, Delberto was going to take uh, Andrew McCulloch around in the other uh, DJR car. Mm. But they both had to get out. They'd been going for a couple of hours. So and so, they needed a break. They were having a break, and he was wondering, "Well, I wonder when Hills is coming." And I'm in the queue, and he <laughs> and he didn't know. He said, "Oh, if I knew you're in the queue. I would have, I would have stayed in there." And um, so it was great to have a chat with him, and they did it really, really well. Yeah, we'll play that chat with Will Davison a little later on. As as you know, he's fantastic for this show. Always gives us plenty of time. So yeah, it was a big day out there yesterday, and we'll we'll hear a little bit more about it. But uh, yeah, the good thing is you're in one piece. Hey, uh, now uh, this is an obvious line. After the Optus dramas of yesterday, we'd love to hear from you. Suncorp Home Resilience open line is open, 13 13 55, the text line, 0467 736 736. Not too late to tell us about what you thought of Maxie's innings. We're going to have Pete Lawler, one of the most respected cricket writers in the world. Uh, the Australian's chief cricket writer is going to join us a little later on today, Hills. A lot of discussion about whether it was the greatest one-day innings ever. Uh, there's been plenty thrown up going back over the decades. I haven't heard that. Yeah. What are they? Yeah, I've just, I've just read a few going back. You know, the yeah. likes of Viv Richards and, you know, Gilly in the final, Adam uh, Adam Gilchrist in the final. Yeah, so, in South Africa. Yeah, 149, I think it was. So, yeah, look, there's a, a, an open debate going on about it and we'd love to hear what your thoughts were because there was obviously a lot of our listeners unable to get through yesterday with these Optus dramas. So just repeating, that Suncorp Home Resilience open line is 13 13 55. The text line, 0467 736 736. I was fascinated to listen to Maxwell talk about the cramping that he experienced during this unbelievable uh, double century. Because I was cramping in my, one of my toes, which was sort of going up the front of my shin. And then as I sort of set off to try and get down the other end, I cramped in my that calf as well. So I was cramping both sides of my lower leg. 
And as I went, oh, no, I'm cramping, I cramped in my left hamstring at the same time. So I was like, I've got both legs, and then I had a back spasm when I hit the ground. <laughs> so I was just like full body, just in pain. One person pushing my foot, one person lifting my leg. I've never been in a position where I've had full body cramps like that. And then he just lay straight. Yeah, he? I saw that. <laughs> But and it wasn't the running and the batting that did it to him. So it, it must he must have been very very active that afternoon in the field. And I would guess since his concussion, he hadn't done a lot of uh, fast uh, endurance work. Mm. Uh, so he sort of laid off training a little bit and just took it easy. And then he gets that heat and he's probably running around the field like a mad dog and uh, has to bat because he yeah. hit as you said yesterday 140 odd runs in boundaries. Yeah. The, the thing that would stand it out to me above all innings in uh, one-day history is that he didn't use his legs. He, he <laughs> had flat feet, so he was on the heel. His heels were on the ground. So he could only use a little bit of upper body rotation, not, not get your whole hips and legs into shots, and he was still popping sixes. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was remarkable. And the more I've seen of the highlights yesterday, Hills, it was just – it was incredible. How many times watch. you watch it? I watched it about well, 10. It's just riveting, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you can't take your eyes off it. I like Paddy Cummins too. Oh. He goes, I just couldn't get the strike. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have got one. <laughs> he scored 12 of 68. And he thought I, he had only, the I only heard this morning on the radio coming here, he was 11 of 25 or something, and that's when they decided you're staying at that end and I'm staying at this end. Yeah. So 12 of 68. So he's made one off the next 40 of Yeah, yeah. Right. Hey, uh, we're brought to you by Burbank Homes, the builders you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes and the all-new Hyundai Kona. It's imagined to be bold. And joining them, Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Yeah, so well, Chemist we Warehouse with the major supporter of the DJR team yesterday. Yeah. We've got a little um, uh, sample bag from oh, cool. Chemist Warehouse. Went through it all. There's volumising dry shampoo in there. Oh, really? Yeah, yes. I hope there's a bit of sunscreen because it would have been warm out at Willowbank yesterday. It was a bit warm, yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you where it was warm, in the car. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have liked, you know, after my fearfulness of two laps, mm. I would have liked four. <laughs> because on the second lap, I saw some stuff. <laughs> I, saw, <laughs> I saw signs mm. about, you know, on the back straight where the, it's got 150 mm. into the bend and they use them as guides, when to break and all that sort of stuff. I saw yeah. that on the second lap. And then uh, as uh, Will said yesterday, there's some drag strips and uh, drive-off areas on the which they use. You know, they go wide on one bend and... That they use the bitumen of the drag strip and hook it back onto the, and I think that's probably where I was supposed to feel some sliding, but I, I didn't. You don't see your driver, Paddy. I thought I had the Stig, you know, with me because he gets in, <laughs> he's got the big helmet on, and yeah. he's got the the tube coming off his helmet, and you and you're sort of wondering whether I can. Can I talk to him? I wonder if I could. I shook his hands and go, mate, how you going on, man? And, and he and I, th- I think I heard him say, yeah, yeah, g'day, nice to meet you. And I go and I go and um, research Kai Allen. Uh. He's 18. Uh. It's like my grandson driving me around. <laughs> hey, 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 slow down, son. <laughs> Put the foot on the brake. <laughs> so he, he was brilliant. And and then I wondered how I could, well, how did, he said, how was it? You know, he kept he kept getting me to put my thumbs up, whatever. Yeah, yeah, mate, I'm going good. And, and then at the end I'm thinking, I wonder how he's went, how he's gone. Four laps would have allowed me to sort of compare yeah. a few things each lap. 
I s- and so I got to the, I thought, oh, I'll just ask. I said, how did you go? He asked me, how did you go? And I said, oh, it was good, it was good. How did you go? And he said, what do you mean? I said, no, no how did you perform in those laps? Did, how did it feel for you? He said, um, left a bit out there. That's it. <laughs> so he, he, he wanted to go faster even. Mm. Yeah, well, we'll have that uh, a little recap of the day uh, after 7 o'clock this morning because it is a thrill for anyone that gets a chance to do that. And you're right. They are the masters of the promo, uh, of the supercar teams and their drivers. I mean, you've only got to look at their cars. They've got so many sponsors to service, and they do it with days like that. And it's a thrill for – well, it's a thrill for most. Yeah. I mean, some, oh, they love some it. Some are eh? genuinely frightened, I Oh, think. people love it. <laughs> and and uh, the bloggers is putting us in our suits. He said, oh, what, what's your role with the team? He said, oh, I'm the sign writer. Uh, they, they, they've got everything. Yeah, Imagine the cost he travels around – you know, sign writing for the panels when they have a bingle mm. every night. <laughs> um, all right, love you to join us. Suncorp, Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line, 13 13 or 0467 736 736. Uh, big show, as we said. Peter Law uh, to discuss more on Maxi. Um, England had a win last night. That's a pleasant change for them. Um, we'll have AFLW coach, the Lions AFLW coach, before their qualifying final against Adelaide, Craig Starsovich, just signed a new deal. They copped a bit of a blow last night in the uh, tribunal. They've lost their Heslop for um, pretty much the entire finals campaign. There's only one way that uh, she can still get a match well, in the finals there. campaign. Oh, we're there. Don't worry about that. And it's Blokes Day, Hill. Yes. And the Freedmans pull up, mate. They pulled up pretty well. I, th- I, I read that Sam was home at, at 10, o'clock. 10 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. but I'd, had enjoyed a celebration. He'd enjoyed seeing everyone uh, enjoy the fact that they got yeah. there. Well, more importantly for the stable, because as you know, they just they love their animals, and uh, without a fight, the new Melbourne Cup champion pulled up well. <laughs> he's put up super. Yeah, he's trotted out well for the vet. Um, we'll keep him in the stable for a few days and, and just keep a close eye on him, see how he comes through it. But initial signs are, you know, you couldn't have hoped for him to have pulled up any better. Mm. Oh, I wouldn't mind that for Maxi. Imagine <laughs> Maxi walking out to the vet. He'd be limping, <laughs> shaking. <laughs> no start for you, next start. Um, and Sam, who, who is an impressive young man, as you know, he's he's had to handle all the press for the Freedmans uh, because Dad is a natural recluse, particularly race days. He, he doesn't like to get done up in the suits and, you know, hang around in the, uh, the mounting yard. He prefers to watch it at home, which he did. He watched it at a friend's place, I think at a friend's winery. But he was wrapped for his dad. Anthony. You got any friends with wineries? <laughs> yes. Oh. Significant day for him. You know, look, he was behind the scenes for a lot of Lee's success with his five Melbourne Cups and I think for him to have his name on one, you know, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't make it well known, but I think it was, you know, pretty special for him yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, I can guarantee it was special. Well he for said him. very. <laughs> yeah, yes, he's that was very good. He's the understated Friedman <laughs> brother uh, of the, the four that were in the training industry. Now, is that in, carrying in on a bit for him? You could tell he's yeah. how special it was. Wow! Well, I mean, I, I told settle you. Settle down, the, Dad. So, I told on, you the down. line the other day. I mean, he was on. Sam was on one of the uh, one of the racing shows after they won the Caulfield Cup, and they said, "Oh, what did Dad say?" He said, "Oh, I got hold of him. You know, forty minutes after the race, he said that was good. Mm. You know, just <laughs> that was that was about it. And apparently, on on Tuesday when he finally got home, he said. Well, that was very good. Oh, settled so down. That, that's, yeah, that's about as much emotion as we get from you've, Anthony. You've but changed. Yeah, look, it was uh, it was a fantastic day and a fantastic win. And look, the, the debate continues over Sulcombe, the without a win. Um, 
quite a few of the pundits now saying, hey, look, you know, if you think Sulcombe was was a certainty beaten, don't go down that route because you know, you'll you get did, disappointed. Yeah, well, you're detracting from what without a win. Without uh, a fight. Without a fight did uh, because without a fight was just sensational. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he really was. Um, Mark Zara also spoke uh, about the, his decision to choose between the reigning Melbourne Cup or the then reigning Cup Melbourne Cup champion Gold Trip or without a fight. As agonising it was to get off a uh, Gold Trip, um, you know, I, I just separate emotion uh, from, you know, a business decision and I went with uh, what I thought was a smarter decision and it worked out okay for me. Yeah, well, I thought you, his voice was a little higher pitched than that uh, fresh off the horse. Yeah, well, it was a bit fresh croaky, off the horse. isn't he? Yeah, well, hey? <laughs> yeah, but he wouldn't have had a big. He wouldn't have had a huge night either because they're in the middle of one of their biggest weeks. Yeah, obviously, well, Cup week. Plus, he would have had to write a bit of work yesterday morning, etc. Are oh, you joking? No, 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 no. They've got the commitments to people, jockeys and owners all over. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't ride track work. What do you mean, we'll big ones? Do they? Yeah. They don't ride much track work, do they? They get on a horse. Before that match, he, he didn't, before the big race, he didn't know that horse that well, did he? No, 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 no. No, no but so, he, so he knows why, it well now. I don't think they get on too much track work. No, they? but they've got to ride track Zara, work. he's running race one today. Yeah. Uh, race two. Yeah, he'll be, he'll he's be in He's picked up a races. cold by the sound of him. <laughs> well, we're going to have a chat to our SEN track expert, Gareth Hall, because it is Oaks Day. It's another huge day. It's the third day of four. I tell you what, this ain't for the sprinters. This carnival, mm-hmm. this is for the marathon men. You, you need to be uh, you need to be in for the long haul if I'll you're going to do, do all four year. days. Patio? It's fantastic. It really well, is. I don't only go two. I reckon I could mm-hmm. I could do uh, Melbourne Cup and Oaks, or we could do Derby and Melbourne Cup. Yeah, um, I'm just having a look at Percy. What's Percy got to say? Hey guys, life is a great leveler. We had Miracle Maxi followed by Awful Optus. It's never over till it's over. Love to know Hill's uh, thoughts on when the Aussies started to believe they thought they could win it. I still don't think they believed it until Maxi really put that icing on. Mm. You know, he was hopeful that that sort of confidence would get through the dressing room, even in his statements post innings. Mm. So I still don't think they believed. And now they now they've got their batting, you know, complete. The top order uh, can either fire up, and if it doesn't, we've got enough confidence down below to not worry so much. I just still don't reckon we're bowling well enough. Mm. Okay, give us a call. Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line is 13 13 55. The text line is 0467 736 736. Did I mention that after 8 o'clock we've also got the Bronx CEO, Dave Donaghy. He's a very busy man in the off-season. Kevy's had a bit of time off, but uh, Dave, of course, spearheading, signing new players, uh, sorting out. Uh, I see that they've decided to stick with the uh, origin in the same format. don't know whether the Bronx are delighted with that. Well, we'll listen to Dave Donaghy. So he's uh, kindly agreed to join us. After 8 o'clock this morning, we'll chat to him. So, big show coming up. It's just out gone. Of, out of nine races today, mm. Zara's not riding in two. Yeah, okay, he's got a busy book. It's 6.19. Racing action. Uh, we're back in action in the Sunshine State today out at Ipswich, but uh, you can check out what remains for the rest of the week. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing. Chances are, though, you're about to lose for free and confidential support. Visit the Gambling Help online. Now, Gareth Hall is joining us, a very, very busy man, just finished other commitments within the SEN network down there. Host of Getty Up. Gareth, good morning to you on Oaks Day. G'day, Paddy Hills. Yeah, happy Oaks Day. A um, little overcast in Melbourne. There was a bit of rain around last night, but that that um, particular track at Flemington, um, Paddy, desperately needed a drink. Um, it's been hot and dry and windy here in Melbourne. 
cup week, but we should get hopefully this afternoon. Gareth, your role at the Cup Day, are you fully involved in the whole broadcast and, and your show? What it, what what it takes up your time on on Cup Day for a start and then today? Well, it was a busy day, Cup Day. We did the breakfast show on 11.16, Hills and SEM. We combined the shows from 6 o'clock and then I joined Jared Waitley for a couple of hours for Waitley and then um, I just watched the race and did a little bit of work with the boys. I had to do a couple of interviews um, in the mounting yard with Frankie Dettori and the like. But yeah. um, So that was a lot of fun. And then I, I watched the cup and then I got out of there because, geez, it's a, a difficult track sometimes to get out of. It was, I was in the um, I was in the driveway, there for, driveway for about two hours on oh. Derby Day. So I got out of there quick, smart, and then, um, yeah, prepared for Oaks Day. Hey, um, so I'll head out there after. after I'm, I'm doing my show from the studios of Coventry Street for Giddy Up. Um, and then I'll head out there, and we've got a um, SEN tent there today, and I've got to go and say good day to a few of the corporates as well, boys, as you would now know, nice. Paddy and Hill. So uh, I'll do that and um, try and back a winner. Beautiful. Well, we'll ask you about that shortly, yeah. but I, I just thought, I said to Hills, it looks like Cup Day's got its aura back, mate, you know, after the wax that it took during yeah. COVID. The, a big crowd, 84-plus thousand, and I just see Channel 10's ratings were outstanding. Yeah, that is terrific, Paddy, because... You know, racing's got some unfair criticism, I, I think, over the last few years. But it just feels that it is back, Paddy. You're right. And I think when I walked into Derby Day there, and I was there nice and early, and then I went for a walk after my show and um, had a look at um, the, 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 the fields there at Flemington and went through the members and the GA and, and looked around the birdcage. You know what? There were 75,000 people there, and I reckon 70,000 were in black and white. And I thought to myself, well, that's probably the the best sign that I've got because people get it. They understand racing. They understand the history. And it was just a great sight there with 70-odd thousand people in black and white celebrating one of the great days in Australian sport for mine anyway, Derby Day. And then we went to the Cup. And, yep, racing is back. And everyone's enjoying it. And um, just walking the streets of Melbourne, everybody wants to talk about racing. It's um, on the front and back pages of the papers as well. So, yep, it's in a good spot. And everyone should be congratulated for the work that they've done to promote this um, beautiful game, Paddy. Yeah, I agree. Hey, listen, we're uh, heading very quickly to the 7 o'clock news up here. We better get your tips. I think Sadozi will be hard to beat, but Affefeld is a horse that I really like. Mark Sarah replaces Oli jumped off this horse, but this horse was a run and a half in the weight. Well, Matty Smith trained. I think it'll be hard to beat. Um, I'm keen on a horse in the first, a SEMA for Peter Moody and Kath Coleman. My mailman said, Gareth, get on this horse. Um, it's a superstar. Unraced two-year-old, which is dangerous, but I think we can kick off Oaks, um, Oaks Day with the winner. And then in the last, Gregor Limo. Blake Shin's been telling me, Gareth, the last two weeks, this horse, just make it your lock for the um, carnival. And I've been waiting for this former import all, all week, and um, we get to see him in the last race. So we can be patient, um, but I think we can get some value in the Oaks as well. Brilliant. So what was that What was that one of Pete Moody? Sorry, mate. Um, I think it's called... Oh, just, um, I think I got the name right. The first race there at Flemington down the bottom there. It's called Aniza. Uh, Aniza. Yeah, I've got you. I've Anisa. got you. Yeah. It's yeah. the first starter that jumped out beautifully. And I've, I've got more mail for that horse than um, Australian Post these days. <laughs> Righto. All right, Gareth, we're, we're right on top of the uh, 7 o'clock news. Really appreciate your time. I know you're as... It's very, very busy today. I appreciate yeah. it. Get Thanks, on Antino too. Get on Antino in Sydney for the Queenslands. It'll win. Oh, right. we know. Yes, it's due a win. Paddy right. loves Antino. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Gareth. It'll get some luck. See you, boys.
Now on Breakfast with Pat and Heels, Heels gets his gloves off. Yeah, well, today I just thought in sport, respect sometimes comes last. And when it's not in a sport, it goes nowhere. Proposals and ideas fall on deaf ears. Poor decisions aren't accepted and everything seems impossible. So Formula One and supercars are conflicting views at the moment on sprint shootouts or extra practice sessions. So I'm sure representatives of the conflicting sides can have the reasons for why they are and options of doing both or doing the other uh, can be devised all in one meeting and then take that back to your respective sides for consideration and then execution. Now, this might have to be handed down uh, like as a decision, but the process was respectful, even though you didn't get your side over the line. Uh, tennis is continually going, getting nowhere on late finishes and unsound recovery times. Is it real? Uh, are the times unfair or are the players' teams fighting for perfect and paranoid about now losing money? I would have thought traditionally a player might have to drop a game because they were tired, you know, unlucky in that tournament, but they didn't have the worry they have today of points and rankings and money. Um, so I'm sure Kenny Rosewell probably had plenty of long games and had to back up pretty quick and might have lost one or two. But let's get it all out in one meeting. And then there's netball. How much bad blood is on both warring parties making making compromise and trust seems impossible at the moment. So far, things seem unprofessional as well as disrespectful. Money came in from cricket to assist professional players earning nothing. That's embarrassing for both sides, and the cricket's former players certainly could have benefited from that contribution themselves, so some of them aren't that happy. Administrators, it's not your money. Um, You know, know the breadth of your sport, your costs of administrating that, and then your contribution can be no more. You know, if someone disagrees, see their proposal and hope that that proposal is better than what you're doing at the moment. But uh, have a look at it, listen to it and feel it and decide on it. Something's got to give in that one of netball. So respect and take time to – well, respect – takes a lot of time to rebuild, and a few of our sports are struggling at the moment. A man who's very busy and given us a little bit of his time very close to uh, their biggest match of the year. Of course, uh, the Lions involved in the qualifying final, and they, he just keeps doing it, Hills. Yes. I know he'll tell, he'll defer to his players, but Craig Stasovich has been there since day dot with this team. He's seen many, <laughs> many players leave because of the club, because of the competition expanding, and the, the, his, his players, the ones he's helped groom, have been uh, have drawn plenty of attention from other clubs. So, starts number one, congratulations on the new contract, and number two, congrats on just making these finals. What is it, seven out of eight? Something like that, Pat. Thanks, mate. Thanks for those kind words. Yeah, it's um, it's enjoyable. Um, at the end of the day, we like what we're doing. The team's strong and getting better, and you know, it's just uh, nice to get out there and compete every weekend. And it is true, mate. I mean, we've spoken about this before. They've just ravaged you over the years, haven't they? You know, we know that the the comp has got to expand, and it has done magnificently. But uh, it just seems like Brisbane have been the the whipping girls, if I can say that, uh, because every time a club wants a a star play, they come looking in your backyard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've 
I've tried to turn that around now. I'm, I've, <laughs> I've got past the, the uh, anger and the disappointment <laughs> to, to, to now uh, as a bit of a compliment to our program that um, other clubs want, you know, players from our group and, you know, um, all the habits that they've um, they've sort of created for themselves, they've been able to take to other places. So I guess, I guess uh, our players have been attractive um, to other clubs. But the good news is um, things have settled down a bit with... We've got um, a lot of people, we'll announce this over the next few weeks, but a lot of people have, um, the majority of our list have committed for, you know, years, the years coming. So that's always reassuring. Oh, fantastic, mate. Because Emily Bates and Greta Bodie and Jess Wardlaw, that, they were huge losses. And even you had some doubts at the start of this season that your depth would be good enough. I did actually, Hills. Yeah, it was uh, when you lose players of that quality that um, that sort of rocks you a little bit, and you're sort of wondering where the next the next one is to come and take their place. But fortunately, um, there's always opportunity. Like when when someone leaves a, a group, there's always opportunity for someone else underneath to come up and take that, or someone existing in the group that's played a, a, a minor role step up into something more more uh, more important, more permanent. So um, yeah, that's. Pleasingly, that's happened. So, um, you know, credit credit to our group. They're they're wired that way, and they're thinking that they're um, you know just ready for the next the next challenge. Yeah, are there some individuals that have impressed you with that stepping up? Uh, yeah, there are a few in the group. Yeah, I mean, our, our leadership crew, uh, particularly the captain and vice captain Bree Conan and Matt Grider, have been terrific. Um, I reckon uh, Dakota Davidson is one of our key forwards. Has stepped up her game this year as well and mm-hmm. I don't know in, in 10 games she's kicked 17 goals or whatever it is and, and done pretty well so um, yeah there's there's a number of them but um, I, I'd suggest they've all found something across the across the field but we've had four or five um, new ones come in and c- cement spots as well which is which has been really good. Hey without putting too fine a point on I mean you've claimed some big scalps this year but it was the loss to St Kilda only a couple of weeks ago but was that the loss you had to have before finals? Do you think? Uh, I, I never liked that saying, actually, Pat. <laughs> the loss you need to have because um, they hurt every every one of them, as you, as you know. But yeah, um, yeah uh, that that day we didn't have Kathy Stark and Sophie Conway, who are two two pretty key players in our group. So, um, at, but where we are in our sort of rebuild, we we can't afford to have some of our good ones not playing. So. That that sort of contributed to mm. to the day. We'd come off beating Adelaide the week before, which was a bit of an emotional high. So um, that that's that's probably played a part as well. But yeah, we've we've uh, we've managed to beat the three teams above yes. us on the ladder, but yeah. we couldn't but we couldn't beat teams nine, ten, and eleven who missed out on finals. So that's <laughs> that's the bit that sort of hurts the most, I guess, in terms of having a more perfect season. Mm, you know, are there some really obvious developments in the women's game? I hear I hear the wings are becoming more used. Does that mean they're spreading it more? What what does that mean? Yeah, I think so. I think the I think the trend uh there is to play more uncontested footy. Um I think if you went back seven years and watched this first start it was um a lot of congestion, a lot of stoppages. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now the ball gets out in space a lot more freely. Um, you know, we can chain possession from one end of the ground to the other comfortably. 
um, consequently, you're scoring more. And as as you say, um, you know, you're using the outside space a little bit better than what you probably had. So yeah, so from that point of view, skill, athleticism, scoring um, has improved immensely. So you know, the game now in season eight is almost incomparable to season one seven yeah. years ago. Yeah. So, hey, good and bad news at the uh, tribunal last night. You get your young Ford back, but you've lost the Heslop now for three wa- three matches for that tackle that left uh, Reed Witt concussed. Yeah, that I mean, that sort of almost landed where we thought it might land, but um, really disappointed for D. That's a that's a heavy. I mean, we're 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 all for the. Um, you know, looking at looking after players in terms of concussion and head injury, that's that's has to happen and it's continuing to to happen across the men's comp and the women's comp. But it's a pretty harsh penalty for D, you know, three weeks. If that in a ten week season or, you know, yeah. ten weeks plus finals, you know, if you if you sort of you know, try and compare that to the men's comp, you're talking five or six weeks. So it's 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 a hard one for D to um to have to cop, particularly this time of year when you're talking finals. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. right. For sort of an accidental, uh, you know, out of control moment uh, of both both athletes. Now, the Crows, um, playing them at Norwood Oval, is that better than the Adelaide Oval for a start? And then how did we beat them not so long ago? I don't know. I, I like the Adelaide Oval heels. Okay. about you? It's... Uh... It's a well, nice, nice ground. I certainly love the Oval, but I'd, I was wondering whether the Crows would like it better than they would like Norwood. Yeah, yeah, um, possibly. Yeah, Nor- Norwood's long and skinny. Um, Adelaide Oval's got good memories for us because we won a flag there two years ago. But um, so I don't think it, it would it would bother us too much. We'd like to play it either. But um, yep. Norwood's a long a long ground, not a very wide ground. So that that point you make about. Uh, using the space uh, as best you can is probably very relevant at this ground because uh, you haven't got as much width, but mm. uh, you can certainly you can certainly use uh, space out the back. That's for sure. Uh, it's Saturday afternoon at two o'clock. The start. It's the first qualifying final. Hey, just quickly about your life. It's it's fascinating because your wife works in Switzerland, doesn't she? She does. Yep. So and uh, much much to um, yeah, she's she's. Uh, She's very tolerant to allow me to do what I do to come to Australia, that's for sure. So she's obviously had the tick off on this one on this new deal, mate. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we've got um, – we're, we're not too sure how much longer we're going to do the uh, back and forth bit. But, um, but yeah, that's something that we've had to juggle and she's been enormous support for me to be able to do what I do. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, – that's something that we've had to manage as a family, but we have a daughter in the US with a newborn and a son in Melbourne, so we're sort of spread all over the place. Oh, anyway. yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. What about your frequent flyers? Yep, we cover some ground, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, look, I know you, def- you deflect all the time, and it's always about the team, but you know, just, just as a final word, you, you've got to be pretty proud of what you've done with this club, mate, because you've been you've been the figurehead there since day dot, since the AFLW came about. It's just been good fun. Um, you know, like I've done um, some work in coaching in the men's space after I finished playing. Um, but in terms of um, my time in footy, this is this has been just an absolute, uh, you know, joy to, do, to, to be involved with because uh, we started with a blank canvas. Um, we plucked a whole lot of players out of community footy and 
slowly turned them into professional athletes and, you know, now the talent pathway is set up beautifully for girls in Queensland. Um, there's so many so many choices for kids in Queensland what sports they play, but I'm glad now that AFL is firmly, you know, in the sights of the best female kids coming through. So, um, yeah, it's been, been an absolute joy. It's just great to see the comp grow, our team continue to be up there contending. Um, and the footy club in general is in a really strong spot at the moment. So uh, yeah, no, it's a good, good place to be at the line. Yeah. I'm just about to give the membership uh, thing a, a little plug now, mate. But, hey, look, you're always so generous with your time. Coming up to a huge weekend, Saturday, 2 o'clock at Norwood in Adelaide, first qualifying final, 1v4, Crows v Lions, all the best. Oh, good luck, Stas. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Craig Stasovich uh, joining us there, coach, uh, long-time coach uh, of the, the Brisbane Lions AFL team. 2016. Can yeah. you believe that? Yeah. How far has that gone? Hey, yeah, just quickly, Lions are encouraging prospective members to uh, get on board right now for the 2024 season. Remember, you get a guaranteed ticket to the Gabba because seven of their home games last year or this year, this season, sold out. So the target for 2024, Hills, is 60K, 60,000 members. The club's hoping to overtake St Kilda and the Western Bulldogs, two of the, you know, the bigger names in Melbourne on the membership ladder. Smashed the membership last year with uh, just over 54,000. 26% growth. So uh, jump on board with the Lions. Grab yourself a membership right now. Oh, a very good morning to the Broncos CEO, Dave Donahue. Dave, good morning. No school. No worries. This How are you, fellas? Um, we're good, mate. We're good. We're uh, very well. Now, what about you, Dave? Have, how did you cope with uh, the unexpected disappointment in October, mate? Oh, look, um, I think uh, here's the, you know, whenever you. Unfortunately, I've had a few of the, those experiences now, but okay. whenever you're on the on the good side, it's a um, you know, it's a great feeling. When you when you're not, it's uh, it's not. But um, uh, you know, it sort of stays with you for a while. But you know, you got to dust yourself off and go again. And and uh, we certainly um, certainly plan on doing that. And you, you've got to stay ahead of every facet of the business too uh, because every department of yours feels it. Uh, they are so engaged in a sporting team and yours being the Bronx, don't they? The, the staff get right into it and you've got to be above helping them out as well. I think everyone at the, at the footy club is certainly, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're on or off field, it's brought into the, you know, the yeah. purpose of, of, of the club and you know, it's the opportunity to inspire and excite whether that's how you're playing on the field or what you're doing out in the um you know out in the community so it's uh it's, it's lovely to see but it's all it was also great to see the i suppose the impact both positive and you know the disappointment too that everyone felt through that period across um uh, across the you know the, the member and the fan base but also the wider you know wider brisbane region and and, and beyond um you know, we know, know we've got a lot of fans in right through queensland and beyond and um you know, I think that showed on grand final day. There was more Broncos supporters than there were Panthers supporters. And, you know, that's something that, um, you know, is really special, something we don't take for granted and something we can really harness um, as we continue to grow. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the record membership and all the, 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 the everything about the club is, is going great. I mean, I saw the coach on Melbourne Cup Day, mate, had a bit of a chat to him. He said he hasn't, he hasn't looked at the video yet. He can't bring himself <laughs> to look at the video, but... He'll dust himself off because preseason ain't that far away. Yeah, you, uh, that's all you do, uh, Pat. And you, uh, I think for everyone that experiences it, you know, it's like a, I suppose, a grief cycle. It, it takes a while for, for, for some people, and, and then some people, you know, 
flick a switch and move on really quickly. Uh, but in saying that, I, I think uh, where the, the guys finished the season, when you look at where we started to where we finished, it's been huge gains. Um, but also, I saw a lot of really um, positive, um, uh, I suppose, progress and attributes through the postseason review period. Uh, you know, a lot of um, critical thinking and a lot of um, you know, self-reflection and analysis around how we can actually get better. You know, I think for us at the club, we don't just want to uh, stand still and let everyone or provide everyone with an opportunity to catch up. Uh, you know, for us, we want to. You know, I think we've got very close to the peak. Now we want to get to the peak, and and that's something I'm sure will drive everyone across the course of the um, across the course of the preseason. Yeah, that, that's great to hear because it was pretty obvious. We could see it from the outside, those sort of developments, and it's great to hear that they are real. That's that's brilliant. Mate, the, the trade window, um, has it been pretty organised for you or you're not quite sure yet? There's a 12-day period that we're not quite through yet. Is that right? Uh, well, I think for us, Heels, um, yeah, we really operate on a – you know, I, I call it the 24-7, 365 free agency market. Um, you know, there's uh, there's no particular, you know, there, there's certain timeframes or milestones across the course of the year that the NRL set to support or assist in, uh, I suppose, a, a form of regulation. But, um, uh, you know, we've, we operate in quite a unique sort of model where, you know, a player can be playing for a team one year, but having have a you know, has already signed for another team the, the following year. Yes. So you know, we've started the new NRL year just gone. I think you know, we're we're sort of nine days into into that now. Uh, so players can sign for teams for you know, for the years moving forward. But um, you know, for us, I feel like our our group's in a really good really good spot. The club's mm. in a really good spot. A lot of positivity around, and most importantly, the the, you know, the playing group's really connected. Uh, they're really close. They're enjoying playing for Kev. They, they're really enjoying the, the environment, the culture that, that Kev and uh, you know and all his staff have set in the, in the football program. Our job's to, to help support, nurture that, and and uh, you know remove distractions. So, you know, they're um, I think they're really really well placed. They, they can see what we're building and. What, and what they're building, what they're doing, uh, and uh, you know, being such good mates, um, you know, I'm sure uh, we'll have a lot of players that will recommit to the club uh, in the not too distant future. Okay. Um, obviously, the two that have been in the headline grabbers, uh, you'd be at the pointy end of these negotiations with Ezra Mam and Reese Walsh. You've got to find a bit of extra cash, haven't you? <laughs> Do you want to pass the, pat, pass the hat around, Pat? Um, <laughs> it's. Uh, well, it, you know, again, these are you know these guys, and we've got a lot of them. Uh, I think it was 14 of our 17 came through from the grand final team, came through our academy system. So look, they're, they're really um, you know part of our our DNA and, and part of our uh, deep, deeply part of our footy club. And you know, we know they love the footy club. You know, uh, vice versa, the footy club loves them. And you know, it's a it's a it's a great fit. And, and uh, you know, we'd certainly love to see them continue at the Broncos. The important thing for us is to make sure that we're providing an environment where they can you know, com- compete for premierships and and enjoy enjoy the experiences they go through. And you know, it's a uh, you know, we're very privileged to you know, be at the Footy Club, uh, all of us. Um, 
but uh, you know it's also a, a great place to live. And and when you throw all that into the mix, you know, it's a, uh, I think it's a perfect place for you know for those two guys and and, and all our all our other guys that um, you know that uh, will uh, hopefully lock in and um, you know, compete for for titles over the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. So you sound confident you can keep both of them, and and of course you've got to have a chat to the skipper as well, mate. Has he intimated to you what he'd like to do? I think uh, knowing Adam, um, I think he'd like to play till he's fifty. Yes, um, <laughs> he's, uh, he'd be smart enough to. Um, I'm sure, the body will hold up till he's till he's fifty. But um, look, he's he's been amazing for us, Pat, and uh, you know what he's brought to our footy club and the leadership, and uh, not just on field, but you know in the in the locker room too. Yeah, um, you know he's a. He's a father of four kids. Um, you know, same in Talara. Of, you know, it, it was a big call for them to move up and relocate from everything they knew and all their friends and the family. Um, but you know, uh, they've, I think like most um, you know, Southerners that, that move up and realise how great Southeast Queensland is, and particularly Brisbane, uh, how much it has to offer. You know, not just professionally, but personally, and the lifestyle and climate and everything else. It's um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been wonderful to see, and uh, you know, I, I can't, I honestly can't see him moving uh, moving back uh, uh, either through his playing days or, or post. So, which is um, which is great, great, uh, great news for everyone. Yeah, fantastic, and he certainly got the ability to be around for a lot of years post career. You got some beautiful leaders that are just emerging there in that group. It's it's great to see. I want to talk about Vegas, uh, Dave. Like, how how did they? Uh, uh, propose it to you, and how does it work financially? Do you get, um, uh, you know, financially remunerated for going there because it's a big commitment um, two weeks before your season in round zero, isn't it? Uh, it is a big commitment, Hills. Uh, certainly, uh, we've gone into it, you know, eyes eyes wide open. Um, you know, for for us, we were approached we were approached a little while ago. I'm talking probably. You know, uh, prior to prior to this year, um, uh, but it, it wasn't the wasn't the right time. We didn't feel it was the, the right time. Um, you know, we we're, were approached again um, throughout the course of the year, and you know, uh, the last time uh, the league just took a game to the to the US. Well, but you know, they they took a test, well, sort of a test match after. Um, I think it was 2007 or 2009. Australia played the US team. Uh, I think South played Leeds for a game over there uh, through the Russell Crowe connection. And uh, outside of that, it was the 87 you know, State of Origin Origins. game where I think uh, Alan Langer still lives in, in folklore in Las Vegas. Um, so <laughs> you know, it's it's been a it's been a long time between drinks, and um, it's a big market. Um, you know, Peter Volandis and, and Andrew Abdo pitched a uh, I suppose a vision and a, and a position um, for the game to uh, to try and uh, you know, carve out. I suppose even just a, a small market share, and I'm talking a, a real small market share. But given the size of the population, the size of the sports market there, it could be significant. So um, look, we're, we're um, obviously. You know, the Broncos are our first priority, but we want to be a big supporter of the game as well. Uh, this is important for our game, and you know, if you're going to 
going to have a, uh, I suppose, going to have a crack at a at a new market. America's a pretty good market to do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we looked at this, I suppose, this opportunity holistically. You know, we tested the pros and cons, and you know, I think for us, we've we've really gone into it um, wanting to put footy at its core, knowing that we're actually competing for two premiership points. Now that raises the stakes and yes. therefore partnerships you know, like our partnership with the Los Angeles Rams will be based at their training base for a week before the game. Um, hopefully that holds us in good stead uh, heading into um, into our, our opening game of the season. So yeah. you know, I'm a big believer you want to be part of history and, and certainly this will be um, history in the making when we, we play the first ever game for premiership points in the US. Yeah, you've got a week at, uh, in LA with the LA Rams facility and then March 2, of course, against the Roosters. As the away team, Kirk Capel, uh, or you know, showing off the new away strip in the paper today, so that's great. Hey, just quickly, and you've been generous with your time as usual. 18th franchise. I did sit in with the Tigers, listen to their submission just recently. They're saying Logan Ippy, the Downs, uh, is a place where they can recruit from, um, and and there's others. We know the government are keen to throw plenty of money at PNG. Uh, your your thoughts? Oh, I suppose this is the beauty of um, running a, one of the 17 teams already, Pat. I, I don't have to have uh, too many thoughts. Um, <laughs> uh, running our um, you know, our footy club and put us, putting us in the best best space. But, you know, I, 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 it is Melbourne Cup week. Um, so if I'm a, I'm a betting man, I've probably got PNG at $1. Um, and, oh, really? Um, It'll be uh, look, uh, you know, it, it will be really interesting to see the, um, um, uh, you know, to get more more detail uh, around, uh, you know, the, the proposition for a team in PNG, um, but also in in the other in the other potential markets. Um, yeah, I'm sure longer term there's potential for further expansion. You know, we we saw that when uh, when Redcliffe came in, uh, the 17th team. So, you know, naturally, you think there's probably going to be an 18th team, um, but potentially, uh, you know, there could be more. So, I just hope that our and I've I'm, you know, got every confidence they will. Um, you know, the, the the people that are running the game, um, uh, that's their responsibility. They will um, look at all things holistically and. And do what's best for for the game and and for the existing um, for the existing teams. I think that's really important. Mm. Yeah, well, there's so many topics we can talk about. Of course, it looks like the uh, six week Origin format is is back for next year. Don't know whether you're a big fan of that or not, because we know that uh, your team, because of their uh, their high standing, now will provide plenty for that Origin team. But uh, that's a conversation I think for another day. You've been, as I said, always so generous with us, mate. We really appreciate the chat this morning. Thanks, Dave. Pleasure, Pat. Pleasure, Heels. Enjoy your day, fellas. We've got Pete Lala joining us now, uh, the Australian's chief cricket writer. Pete, great to have you with us. Um, I've just said to Heels, was it the best one-day innings he's ever seen? And he gave me a one-word answer, yes. Oh, perhaps one of the great cricket innings, don't you think? I mean, you, you kind of go back to – we always think about that, that – because we always heard about it – Dean Jones' <laughs> sensational 200 mm. in Chennai all those years back here of 1996. Um, although Greg Matthews reckons he should have been man of the match and probably had a <laughs> – yeah, there's a fair argument yeah, there. Yeah, not a bad argument. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was a difficult wicket to bowl on um, and an easy one to bat on. Uh, you know, but there was that heroic element to it, very similar to Dino's, you know, putting your life, well, he didn't quite put his life on his line, but I've never seen a bloke in so much trouble. But I reckon, I reckon Matt, that, um, I reckon Maxie's kind of redefining what's possible in one-day cricket in yes. this tournament. I mean, coming in in that 39th over in the previous, you know, a, a bit earlier in the tournament and scoring 100 from there, that had never been done. Mm-hmm. And now we have him scoring a, a, a scoring a double 100 from the lower reaches of the batting water when no one but uh, openers have scored double 100s. I and mean, you, you, you shouldn't be able to do that. I, I reckon that this World Cup's actually gone up like, we're seeing a different approach to one-day cricket. I don't know if you agree with me, Heels. I might be getting carried away. No, I do. I, I, I sense that I, I myself, really yeah. like it. I really like it. I think the game's evolved and it's become a better game and God knows it needed to. And I th- I, I think it'll rub off on the women as well. The, the, the women's uh, intent and, and knowledge of what can be achieved will improve now too. So so that that's really good. Have you have you been over there, Pete, or um, have you been little bits and pieces or not at all? No, no, no. So I think I'm getting old here. So I just didn't have another trip left in India. Yeah, I had a couple of months in India and then I'd had three months in Europe and uh, it was time to stay home with the dog and the wife and the kids and uh, eat some veggie mite. Uh, you're, you're, <laughs> soft, soft, you're soft, mate. Soft. What? <laughs> yeah. hey, You've just broken the Meg Lanning story, though, I, I, I hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, that's a big day for Australian cricket. It's not not exactly a surprise, but a very, very significant moment. Meg Granning, the Australian women's captain and has been Australian women's captain since 2014, uh, is standing down. She does, like like me, she doesn't have enough to her left. Yeah. In she, uh, I don't think she fancies the idea of going to India. They've got a test match and... Um, a trio of one days and T20s in India next month in January. Um, incredible career. Um, one of the most successful female uh, cricketers ever. Um, um, led Australia during an incredibly successful period. I think there's seven World Cups in there, guys. Um, she's you know leading a one-day um, century scorer in women's cricket. Um, I think I just. 80, uh, 80% success rate when Meg Lennon is captain. They win 80% of their games. Yeah, yeah. it was phenomenal. And I, and I see 182 a skipper. I mean, that puts her, you know, in the absolute pantheon alone, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And, you know, a real no-nonsense cricketer. Uh, you always felt... You always felt um, Australia was safe when Meg Granning was at the wicket. I loved the way she batted. So short, so buttoned down, um, an elegant batter. But interesting leader too. Um, I, I yeah, sort of almost in the you know borrowed a bit from AB, a little bit from Tugger. She's very understated. Um, she there's no big show about me Glanning. She just gets on with the job, keeps her eyes down, doesn't have a lot to say. Um, you know. If you look at that team, um, there's other much more high-profile people in it, but uh, there there is no better cricketer in that team in the past 10, 14 years than Meg Lanning. Yeah. How did it come about that you broke it, Pete? <laughs> ah. Come on, yes, okay. you can't ask okay, well, those you questions. Say, you're in the stand. You've got to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I roll over. The phone's ringing. I roll over. I don't even know who's talking. But... <laughs> 
bloke with a gravelly voice said, <laughs> Big Lanning might be standing down this morning. You might want to look into that. You know? <laughs> Good stuff, yeah. mate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, listen, can we go back just a, a quick one? We've got a, a listener here, Paul from Wynnum. Uh, morning, boys. I agree it was a fantastic innings. However, I just hope we aren't ignoring the fact that we lost seven wickets for less than 100 against Afghanistan. We do the same against any of the current top five, and we are a goner. And naturally, we all know now that we have a semi-final against South Africa to play. <laughs> um, yep, sure. I, I respect those anxieties, and but uh, <laughs> laugh a little bit. I mean, coming into this game, I've been arguing with another senior cricket writer around here who's just saying, oh, they, they get all their runs at the top. I said, well, if you get all the runs at the top, you don't have to get them at the back end, do you? Uh, but in this situation, they have got them at the back end, and they've got, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing from that team. You know, David Warner is in the form of his career, isn't he? I mean, uh, he, he's just had an outstanding World Cup. Yes. Um, we know what we know what Head's capable of, um, but a battle like that's you know, it's not always going to come off. Um, Smith and Labuschagne haven't really produced, and I'm, it'll be interesting to see if both of them are playing in the final. But we know the potential is there. Um, that that they'll come off one day. I, I've I've loved the way the Aussies have gone about this World Cup, and I th- I tell you what, I'm quietly impressed by um, Pat Cummins' captaincy. Right, because he's had to get things right, had to win games, and I think he's made some good calls. He gets a lot of criticism for his captaincy, but particularly in the second last game, I thought he he sh- he just got it right. But some nights you do, don't you? Yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned about their bowling, but I, I'm hoping that mm. they're gearing up a bit like they geared up for that final against uh, New Zealand in 2015. Um, they're yeah. gearing up for a semi-final assault. Those those quicks are going to be a bit quicker than they've been, I reckon. But I'd like to take you back to Maxwell, uh, Pete. Mm. Do you reckon Australia has nurtured his talents well enough? Because I'll take you back, you know, that ranchy 100 he made in 2017 was a beauty, but he never produced that again. Really, didn't really get the opportunity, did mm. he? And that's been, you know, that it's, it's a really good question, Hill. So, I mean, let's remember that we're we're celebrating, you know, the triumph of Maxi at the age of 35. Yep. And he's gone yeah. through periods not that long ago where, uh, where he couldn't even make the one-day team, I remember. I remember Rod Marsh saying so that, you know, he's averaged 10 the last 10 innings. He's no good. He's out. And I remember um, Buff dropping in a year later too. Um, it's always been – this has been his frustration, hasn't it, that, that he's a one-day player and he's never got the and, – and, and in a way that's limited his exposure to red ball cricket. Um, and could they have gone with him? I mean, I'll <laughs> – he should have played more games in India, in my opinion. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't know that you you would have got this this sort of form out of Maxi ten years ago. I think Maxi had to, was always going to be slow to this place. Yeah. But we've always known that we've always known the genius is there. It's a sort of an eccentric genius, and as I said, I think we've seen more of the eccentric than the genius. I even remember Smithy saying when he was captain, you know, maybe a bit less funky. I'd love, I'd love, you know, you love Australian cricket when it can have an X factor like Glenn Maxwell in it. And I'd love to see that in Test Match cricket going forward. I've got to say that um, being in England and watching baseball for all the criticism of it and stuff, I was impressed by the way they went about cricket, you know, bringing that sort of excitement to the batting innings and that sort of X factor approach. Yeah, yeah I don't know. We'll, we'll never know, will no. we? 
what would have happened. No, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, someone like that in the test team, yeah, I, I just think it brings that extra little point of exhilaration. Hey, Peter, sadly, we've run out of time. As usual, really appreciate your time and your insights. They're fantastic. Thank you, Pete. Enjoy, enjoy the day, fellas. Thanks. Yeah.